Hi, I'm Chris Lang with the Virginia State Golf Association, and thanks for joining us today on the VSJ's Golf and the Commonwealth Podcast. We recorded this on Wednesday, April 6th, and it's hard to believe, but tournament season is here. The VSJ's championship schedule opens next Monday, April 11th, at the Dominion Club in Glen Allen with the first of two rounds of the fourth VSJ Multi-Format Team Championship. With that in mind, we have three members of the VSJ Tournament Department on this week's pod to talk about the upcoming season and break down the championship schedule. We start with Josh Coates, Director of Golf Operations, who discusses the men's schedule. Amanda Braun, Manager of Championships and Women's Golf, stops by to talk about the growing VSJ Women's Program. And Kent Holabar wraps things up with the discussion of the VSJ's Junior Championship schedule. Of course, we all work for a golf association, so we're fans too, and we'll chat a bit about the Masters as well, giving some of our under-the-radar picks while, of course, giving love to the cat, who is making his return to Augusta National after rehabbing from a horrific leg injury. One bit of housekeeping first. Josh and I talked at length about the men's schedule, but I neglected to mention the Stout Super Senior Championship schedule this year, so my bad on that. So I'll shout it out here. Begins with the Super Senior Stroke Play at Lake Chesden in June. The 10th edition of the Super Senior Four Ball Championship will take place in August at Boonesboro Country Club, which has been a great host site in recent years. The Lynchburg Club hosted the Senior Four Ball last year and will also be the host of the 2023 VSJ Amateur Championship as part of its 100 year anniversary celebration. The schedule closes with the Super Senior Amateur at Meadowbrook, Meadowbrook Country Club in October. Let's get right into it with Josh Coates, and thanks again for listening. All right, we're joined here by Josh Coates, the VSJ's Director of Golf Operations. Josh, thanks for uh, sitting in with us today. Absolutely. Good morning, everybody, and uh, I'm excited for another season. The, the, the season starts next week. I, I can't believe it's already here upon us, but uh, hopefully the weather looks decent. We've got our multi-format team championship as the uh, traditional kickoff again. And, um, you know, it, it's a fun event because it's it's not quite as intensely competitive as other ones. But we also saw last year it was really the kickoff to – Evan Beck's uh, a really incredible season all the way through. Yeah, it's a it's a fun event. It's one. It's in its uh, fourth year now. One that we retooled from a previous event and moved it from the end of the season to the beginning. Uh, really, just kind of blew it up and and reinvented it as the multi-format championship. Uh, new formats that we don't use throughout the season um, with any regularity. So it's it's one that players look forward to. It's a good event to get you know players back in their you know competitive spirit while also being kind of low-key and having a partner and being able to lean on that partner in the scramble format and then kind of dialing up a notch for the for the alternate shot uh for the second day and like you said we get players that uh, you may not normally see on the leaderboard uh for that first day but then that second day uh really you know you have to play good golf for that alternate shot format to kind of separate and it can definitely lend itself to uh, to players catching up but you mentioned last year it was kind of a, a runaway that those two had had a great tournament and, and nobody was going to catch those two but uh, it was it's fun you know it's fun to see everybody out there for that first event and um, for us as a staff too just to get back out there it, it's kind of it's fun kind of low-key for us for us to get back out there and kind of get ready for our season too from the admin side what kind of new things are we going to see at championships this year that the, that the tournament department's been working on well, we've kind of focused on, you know, the player experience, making sure that we get back to, you know, our previous ways from COVID. We're kind of, we're hoping that that's behind us now, but, you know, as we know, things can change in a heartbeat. Uh, but we're kind of putting that behind us, getting back to what we, we were doing, but also adding some new, some new flavor. You know, we, we're calling our swag table. We want everybody to show up at an event and walk away with something, you know, with a uh, VSJ logo, whether it be uh, – 
you know, water bottle towel, just something that they can take home, kind of show off that logo that they played in a VSGA championship or event, uh, whereas before we, we only gave out tea gifts or, or uh, player gifts at certain events that, uh, that we earmarked, but now we want everybody to walk away with something again. Just want everybody to show up, you know, separate ourselves from, from other events, you know, keeping our entry fees down while adding uh, value to our competitions. That's something that we've really talked a lot about internally and, and focused on, and we hope that players will see it this season too. Should mention that that event is at the Dominion Club in Glen Allen. We'll we'll talk about that a little bit later on when we have Amanda Braun on talking about the uh, the women's championships as we will have an event there as well. So um, let's kind of go through the the majors as as a lot of players call them on our on our calendar. And and the first one that that we talk about is the four ball championship, which will be on a Monday Tuesday this year. Correct. That's that's a bit of a change over at Bay Creek where they've retooled that golf course, changed it from the the thirty six holes to twenty seven and. Um, it's been a while since we've been over there for an event, right? It has, and we're excited. Um, you know, the, the new changes that they've made to that uh, facility and kind of retooling their their layout, their, their golf course setup where it was 36 holes, now it's 27. And um, our staff's actually meeting as we speak right now with their staff to iron out some of those details. But we're hoping to, to use those premier uh, nine holes from each of the old courses and uh, put together a good championship course, a good test, and like you mentioned, it's been a while since we've been over there, and we, we are certainly excited to work with, with their staff. And you mentioned Dominion Club and kind of the, some changes that we've made to some of our um, scheduling and going from weekends to Monday, Tuesdays. You know, it's just been, been tough. We've, you know, we've ridden the wave of the COVID boom. Um, it's been a great thing for golf in general. Uh, for scheduling, it's uh, presented a lot of challenges for us, and we're just happy to be at these facilities. You'll mention Dominion Club again later on, but uh, Bay Creek to host this tournament on, at their uh, great facility. It uh, didn't have to go to a Monday, Tuesday, but again, that's just uh, a scheduling challenge that we had to overcome. Those weekend days are becoming more and more of a priority for members of private facilities or those, uh, those public starting times. Um, so we're just happy to be there. And for any host sites that are listening, we just can't thank you enough for hosting our championships uh, from men's, women's, juniors, one days, junior golf circuit you'll hear about a little bit of those throughout this uh conversation but um we just can't thank them enough what is it about that four ball championship that's really brought out i mean we've had some some new faces that win that thing that thing seemingly every year um at this point and it's not the guys that you would expect but still i mean it's really good players that are having an opportunity to put their name on a vsga trophy it is, and that, that format, like we mentioned with the multi-format, just the different the, the team aspect or partner aspect of it with the four ball, it can really lend itself to just two players that are obviously – you have to be good players to, to win that tournament. That's just a, uh, you know, a prerequisite. But um, it may be two players you haven't heard of. They just have a great couple days. You know, their putter gets hot. One partner may be feeling it one day, the other on the, um, on the other, or even multiple holes, just kind of one player's out of it, but the other one makes a birdie. Uh, whereas an individual format, you know, their scores may not add up to, to stack up with the, quote, the, the top players or the ones you might expect. But um, individually, they, they play a certain hole a certain way and they kind of ham and egg it. You'll hear a lot of those cliches in, in those formats. But um, that, that's generally – it is how it works, like you mentioned. Moving on to the, uh, the 109th VSGA Amateur Championship will be at uh, Cedar Point Club in Suffolk. This year, uh, we've they've, they've hosted numerous events for us in the past, and um, really happy to be back down there this year. They've they've done some retooling to the golf course a little bit, and they've rebranded their club from Cedar Point Country Club to just Cedar Point Club. Um, what are the expectations going to that, and what what do you uh, expect to see down there at Cedar Point? 
Well, Cedar Point, another another great host facility of ours. They're a great VSJ supporter. Have hosted numerous uh, championships, and will host the Women's Am uh, next year following the Men's Am. So we're excited about that. And like you mentioned, they've they've made some some big time changes to their facility, their campus there, and players that haven't been there since the last time we had the amateur um, several years ago. They'll they'll notice some big time changes, and and I know they're excited to show those off, and we're excited to bring. Our, our top men's uh, amateur golfers to that facility again to, to host it um, at, at Cedar Point. And from the golf course perspective, it's, it's one of those courses that it's, it's always in great shape and it just continues to improve year after year. Uh, for those that aren't in the area that don't know about Cedar Point, they, you know, we've, we've uh, you know, talked about them as kind of a hidden gem that when they get there, that uh, the players are, have no idea that the place even existed when they, when they do show up at their, their wild by just the, the facility, the staff, how welcoming they are, you know, right there on the water. And, and of course, the, the golf course will, will speak for itself. And I know that they're gearing up for it, making some, you know, minor minor changes to uh, maybe how they they will uh, maintain that course leading up to the amateur and make, uh, make it more challenging for, for our golfers. But, um, you know, it, it'll be fair, it'll be fun, and, and we're, we're excited to be back. Now, were you there? It was a 2009. Was that the uh, the year that Brinson and uh, Lonto Griffin had the uh, the kind of epic final championship it, match? It was, yeah. That that final match and the final uh, 18 holes or really nine holes. Um, you know, it was uh, it was uh, something to watch to see Brinson come back and erase that deficit to come back and win that that uh, championship final. And of course, we all know Lonto's success and uh, to be able to look back on that and, and say that I was there and saw it firsthand. Um, it, it is something that I'll definitely, you know, take away, remember, probably, uh, you know, forever, you know, and hopefully Lonto continues his success on the PGA Tour and, um, and you know, be, be something I can look back and say that, you know, witness that final and, and have those memories too. That's a really good closing stretch there, right? 17 is the, with a par five uh, that's gettable if you, if you hit it the, the, the right way, and then 18 is just a really tough par four. That, that's correct, yeah. You said it. Seventeen's uh, gettable. Um, Eighteen. I mean, we could stretch it back if the wind is blowing. That could be another. It's a par four, but it could play like a par five. Um, in that, you're going to have have to hit a, a great uh, tee shot and then have a long iron into that that green, depending on what tee that we're using and, and the wind for that day. It's a. It certainly could set up for an interesting finish, even on in stroke play. You know, if you get that draw to have to finish on those those couple holes coming in, need to make a couple birdies to get inside the cut line it'll certainly present itself for some drama we'll move on now to the state open of virginia which will be july 15th through the 17th at independence golf club in midlothian um, that again is put on by the vsj and the middle atlantic pga so it's a joint event there um what, what were the kind of, kind of the takeaways from last year going back to, to independence for the first time it was great to be back uh, we mentioned a lot of host facilities and you know i'll say it again about uh, going back to certain facilities that we hadn't been to in a while, and Independence is, is one of them uh, due to their, their course renovations over the years. And I think, again, talking about other facilities and how players will, will play in one of our championships uh, one year, and then you know several years go by and they haven't been back. And the, the feedback is, is awesome that they've done. The, the, really, the, the turf and the, the management of, of Dan Taylor, the superintendent there, has gotten that place in great shape, and it's really an ideal spot for the state open, being in, in mid-July with the, the summertime heat and being wall-to-wall -wall Bermuda grass, even on the, 
the, the putting surfaces there. It's it's an ideal setup, and you know all the the extra uh, things that went into last year, the TV, the sponsors, and just everything that went into making that a great championship. We're hoping to to repeat that for uh, 2022, but um, you know planning and and talks are still ongoing there, and and we we hope to roll out another another great. Uh, championship, another great product that that folks can uh, can view, and hopefully we can have another great finish because we had Evan Beck and Mark Lawrence Jr. coming to the final hole, and that and that was just uh, just thrilling to watch at the end there. Yeah, it couldn't have really set up any better. I mean, those two were were players going into it that um, you know Mark turning pro, Evan being back as an AM. Uh, they kind of switched spots in that regard in their status, but uh, definitely two players that you circled going into it thinking that they could have a good week, and they did, and it came down. Uh, to those two and, and making that last putt to to win the tournament for Evan so it was um, certainly a, a great finish and you know being on TV and I know it really for everybody involved it, it couldn't have set up any better and then kind of closing out the schedule in September on the on the regular side is the uh, 46 VSJ mid amateur championship the uh, the working man's championship as we call it for the 25 and older set um, Keswick uh, golf club this year that, that another terrific venue um, you know we, we were at Fawn Lake last year saw Evan Beck and Garland Green in a, in a pretty Massive battle at the end, a four-hole four-hole playoff there. Um, Keswick has hosted the amateur before as well. I mean, what what are you expect, ex, expecting over there this year? Well, another another facility that has un, uh, undergone some renovations on the facility size. They're, they've got the, the new uh, hotel there, new new facilities in the, the golf shop, and um, the admin uh, facilities there that we're uh, visiting. They're they're completed, and we're happy to be back. They were still going under. Uh, some of those while we were there for the amateur so it's uh it's it's a venue that you know we could have any event uh at any time and every different player that that, that competes on that golf course will have a great time Um, we could set it up to tailor really any clientele and you know we'll we'll make some changes from what we did uh in the amateur championship uh for the the mid-am just uh knowing the the um, the 25 and over clientele and we'll have you know our elite amateurs and within that age group but also some some folks there that are looking to you know play a great golf course and you know compete with some of those those other folks but um, like you said the working man's championship we it won't be set up quite as hard but it'll definitely be you know a fair test and, and one that um, you know I, I always look forward to setting up that golf course there's so much um uh, so much you can do with, with some of those holes, the, the shorter par fours uh, that you have on the on the back nine, and um, you know comparing those to you know that stretch five six on the front, those those two par fours that um, you know we'll put up with any any par fours uh, that we will see this year, um, and how difficult they can be. And I wanted to mention two of our major senior championships as well because it's. Uh, uh, really cool facilities that we're going to there. The the senior four ball, the 40th anniversary of this one, Washington Golf and Country Club, which is uh, one of, if not the oldest uh, member club that we have in Virginia. It's been around since I think 1896, and it's been a while since we've been there. And that's a that's a really cool facility that's been recently redone by Tom Doak uh, and his design team. Um, what what are your expectations there? Well, I had the the privilege of visiting that course and, and seeing what they've done um, two weeks ago, and it is phenomenal. Um, it's kind of a theme of this conversation about visiting courses that have undergone renovation, but this is another one. Um, for those that that uh, show up and play, whether it be the first time or if they've uh, been playing that golf course for years, it's um, it's one that I think it'll it'll wow you when you show up, when you look out and, and see the golf course and what they've done, the uh, the practice facilities, the driving range, um, just everything that we'll be able to, to present those golfers, I think it'll be 
uh, one that'll be uh, certainly memorable um, because of everything they've done there. And I know the staff is excited. They, they want to roll out a first class event uh, after meeting with them. And, and um, you know, we'll see. You know, it's a, it's a golf course that I have not personally set up before, but, um, you know, we'll lean on some some members and uh, the, the the staff there that have that that firsthand knowledge and you know use it what they know and also what um, what I'll see over the next uh, few uh, weeks of planning and and you know it's one that we can have fun with and being a four ball again uh, with that format and, and being able to make things a little more challenging just with the the nature of it and um, again just uh, happy to be up there and, and uh, can't thank them enough for hosting us. And then uh, I, I know one person in particular would be really excited about the Senior Stroke Play Championship. Uh, our all-time uh, leader in wins, Keith Decker, who basically has been a member at Chatmoss for forever and ever. So we'll be down at Martinsville at Chatmoss, Chatmoss Country Club for the first time again in a in a while. Uh, thoughts on that course? It's one that uh, it, it wasn't. I think it was one of my first courses that since I joined uh, on staff in 2008, might have been one of the first ones that. Um, that I went to um, and having somewhat of a lead in, in doing the course setup. Um, I know they've uh, since then have done some renovations, especially to their putting surfaces going Bermuda. But um, it's you know you mentioned it's the kind of the home of Keith Decker and, and folks will certainly will will recognize that. And I know he's you know he's, he'll be involved in uh, making sure that the facility is um, you know is shown in, in the right way. And, and, and we want to do that as well to to uh to be back there and, and set that course up and robert and the staff there you know very gracious hosts and just can't um can't say enough about you know what they've what they've done for for us and always being able to you know to to host events uh, when we call on them and even though it has been a while and it, it was a kind of a slam dunk it was a one phone call um ask for for them to to host that event and uh, that wasn't always the case when going back to our challenges so um it's uh it's something that'll be it'll be fun for us i'm looking forward to, i've never been down there so i'm looking forward to seeing that i've been through martinsville before but never actually <laughs> been to the golf course but um and then the senior amateur cavalier uh, golf and yacht club down in virginia beach we were there a couple years ago for the uh senior stroke play really interesting course because it's it's not long but but it, it it'll test you and that that was some of the feedback we heard was was uh, some of the members there that played and that even said Man, I've never even played from this this tee box before. What is this? And um, definitely ways to make it challenging without it being overly long. Correct? Absolutely. Don't don't look at the scorecard and uh, and think that it's going to be some kind of pitch and putt um, with the par and the and the yardage and all that. It's it's going to be one that uh, it'll, it'll test you. Just the nature of it and you know lots of out of bounds, uh, some tight shots that you're going to have to hit. Um, and some fun holes too. Um, they've got the the par three there with the the green that you can probably uh, pick about I don't know twenty different hole locations on um, with all the different sections of of that uh, that putting green. Uh, I think if I remember right, it's somewhere between ninety and a hundred paces uh, from front to back, which is um, which is giant. And uh, it's it's one that uh, from the same tee you could you know play it at probably 130 yards and then stretch it all the way back to almost 200 just uh with that with that nature of that that putting green and um it, it's a fun one to set up awesome and then we've already talked about independence they will host the senior open of virginia again this year september 19th and 20th and the meadowbrook country club which we'll discuss later as well with the with the women's amateur will host the mid-senior amateur championship october 9th through 11th um you know, before I let you go, I just wanted to get your 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 take on uh, everything that's going on in Augusta this week. I know you're a big Tiger guy, and what, what were your thoughts on on hearing that he's probably? I we gotta think he's playing at this point, right? 
I hope so. I hope so. I'm a big uh, I'm a big Tiger fan. You know, he his success was kind of in my, you know, coming up as a as a um, young man and getting int- interested in golf and watching golf on TV. You know, I'm just a classic, you know, fan that that caught on at the right time and seeing, you know, what what he's done and kind of what he's done for golf and, you know, we we kind of joke about it within the tournament department that some of our jobs might not even be here if it weren't for him and just the boom in golf and competitive golf and junior programming and just uh, you know, people just getting involved with the game, uh, period. And it, it's it's fun to – it'll be fun to see him play. I'm, I'm uh, one that I don't get a chance to watch much golf just with uh, with family and other things going on. But when he's playing, um, you know, I'm the typical I'll, – I'll make time to watch him play even if he's not uh, playing good. But – uh, I hope he does, and I hope he hope he plays well. Um, it'll be something to something to see over the the course of the next uh, several years of how many events he will be able to to play. But you know, if you could circle one of the majors that you would think that he, at any given time he could just show up and win, it, it might be that one. You know, the U.S. Opens and the PGAs, they could be tough for him for how how hard those golf courses are set up. But uh, the Masters and the Open Championship uh, across the pond, I think those two are. Are ones that you know, rely on, you know, that uh, course knowledge and the just knowing how to how to manage yourself around those courses and, and how to win. So I think he could he could definitely do it if he gets on a roll. But um, you know, it could go <laughs> go the other way in a hurry too. But it, that's uh, that'll be the fun of, of watching him. Hopefully, tee it up on Thursday morning. For sure. Well said, Josh. Well, we appreciate your time here today and breaking down the uh, the men's side of the schedule and uh, looking forward to, to seeing everybody out in the golf course this year. Appreciate it. Thanks, Chris. All right, now we're joined by Amanda Braun, who is the VSGA's Manager of Championships in Women's Golf. Amanda, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, thanks, Chris. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. Well, we're, we're going through the, the, the entirety of the schedule here um, for, the, for the Women's Championships and event. You know, you do uh, stuff other than women's events, but the women's events are certainly your kind of your baby, so to speak. So wanted to get you on here to talk about them a little bit. And, um, and you know, let's start off with the... Um, kind of the biggest of you know there's nine championships under the women's championships and events and four of them are happening simultaneously at the same golf course so (laughs) the the challenge and and the fun of putting together the women's stroke play championship it's a it's a huge event with so many different age groups involved I know it's a challenge for you as far as course setup and trying to set up for three different age groups what what's kind of your thought process when you go into to an event like that yeah, so I try to keep them separate. Uh, we do have four events, one which is brand new for this year. So the the first one is the regular women's stroke play, which is normally for um, juniors, college students, anyone kind of looking to play in a more competitive setting. It's a 54-hole championship. The other three are 36 holes, so they kind of start a day later um, with the seniors, which are 50 and over, super seniors, which are 65 and over, and then the new one for this year, which is our net stroke play. So anyone who kind of doesn't feel like they're comfortable enough to play in that longer championship yardage, the net's kind of for them to be able to play a, a closer tee and still have fun and compete at a, at a championship level. So that one will be fun. It's at Mount Vernon, a great site for that up in Northern Virginia. Um, but yeah, we kind of have something for everyone at that one. So that's kind of one of the biggest ones that we do. Have you been to Mount Vernon to, to check out the course yet? or Not yet. So okay. I was there a couple years ago for U.S. Women's Mid-Am Qualifier. So I did see it back then, um, trying to get up there in the next month or so to kind of look at the layout and pick, figure out what holes or, um, excuse me, what yardages we're going to be using for all, all four events. 
And it's really a, a big supporter of women's golf in Virginia, Mount Vernon. I know that they're, we'll, we'll talk about the women's state team matches yes. later, but they're, they're always involved in, mm-hmm. in that. We've, you know, we've had several, several uh, ladies uh, win out of that club, Linda Duvall, most notably, who's, who's been on the VSGA board for a while. Joan Gardner's won events there. So, I mean. Yeah, they're definitely huge supporters, and we're excited to be taking a, a women's championship back there this year, for sure. Um, before that, uh, May 14th and 15th at Fawn Lake is the Women's Four Ball Championship. Really good venue. We, we were there for the mid-AM last year, and um, just a fantastic golf course. Um, and it's been up there before. Uh, what, what have you seen as far as the growth of that championship from, from where it started as kind of a one-day event to now it's, it's kind of settled in as a two-day championship? Yeah, so that's another one that kind of has something for everyone. Um, it's listed as one event, but there are a regular division, senior vi- division, and then again, a net division. So again, something for everyone, um, age-wise, ability-wise. So that's a, that's another one where it's a team event, too, which I think helps for sure with women who love to play in, in teams. Um, but for that one, I would say we've definitely seen growth in the senior and uh, net divisions. We're trying to still pump up the regulars and try to get those juniors and college players out there. So uh, definitely one that we're looking forward to. First one to kind of kick off our season. Um, but, yeah. Yeah. Is it just a little bit of a challenge to get some of the college players out there just because of the timing of it? Is that- I think that's part of it, especially with the juniors, too, the timing of the year. Um, we do have it on a Saturday and Sunday, so try to help with that. So. Um, for sure, trying to figure out ways to try to get those younger girls there to compete at the four ball. Um, as we move on to the kind of the crown jewel, the VSGA Women's Amateur Championship at Meadowbrook Country Club in Richmond, um, it's I think it's been a while since we've been there for a full championship. Uh, they did the women's four ball back in 2017, um, but I think that might have been the last one. So yeah, definitely it's been a few years since we've been there for for a championship. Ton of history um, at that course, especially from some of the men and uh, and women players that have come out of mm-hmm. that. Uh, you know, Liberty Anderson was there when she was re- playing really well. Um, I know that uh, you know John Rollins and the Watkins and 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 all those people. I mean, we had a chance to play that course for the uh, for the staff championship last yeah. year. What what kind of expectations do you think that the ladies will have seeing that course? I think it's a great match play course. I think it's one that we can set up that that will really suit match play. Um, the women's amateur, yeah, being kind of one of the main bigger championships, I would say most competitive women's championship we have for the younger girls, college and, and juniors. Um, I will say about that event too, we did add uh, a different kind of format starting two years ago now where everyone gets to play match play now so if it's one round of stroke play then everyone gets a match play round so trying to allow the juniors especially who maybe don't have that match play experience to be able to do that at the women's amateur um, but yeah that that venue will be great right here in Richmond so it'll be kind of central for everyone uh, yeah definitely expecting a big turnout for that we had a really neat final last year in that one with with uh, probably our best female uh, golfer, college golfer in the state right now, and Becca Denunzio yes. versus Alex Austin, who is coming back from from a short stint as a professional. So um, that that was really neat. Uh, and, and Alex beat Lauren Greenleaf, which is not easy to do. So right. I'm sure that Lauren will be uh, chomping at the bit to uh, to get a chance to get back to that final this year. So that, that's going to be a fun tournament to watch. Yeah, it'll be great. Then, then we go into the Senior Women's Amateur Championship, which is uh, a week-long, I don't want to say it's a party at the homestead, but it's also it's a, it's a, it's a social event for the ladies yes. up there. I would say that one is um, still has the competitive side of it, but definitely those ladies who maybe know they're not in that championship tier definitely come out to compete, but also to see their friends, hang out with new people. Um, we do have a cocktail uh, party with that one to try to kind of promote that um, 
No, the social atmosphere. Yeah, it, thank right? you. The social. <laughs> it's okay. You know, it happens. You can to, cut me out. Right. It happens. It happens to the best of us here. So, um, you know, one of the things I like about that event too is like even at the championship level, once some of the ladies are eliminated, they come out and watch. You know, they come. You'll see Booty McGurn out there with her with her golf cart watching yep. if she doesn't make it to the final and. Um, it, it's just it's just kind of cool like that. The competition is one thing, but it's it's also, uh, you know, the, the friendship is huge. Yes, I agree. And even those players who weren't competing for the championship title love to be in that championship match and to to leave with something if they make it that far. I think it's kind of just a celebration for for those ladies, both in the fifty and over and the sixty five and over as well. Um, and then we kind of wrap up the women's uh, schedule with the women's state team matches. Dominion Club at Glen Allen. We talked about this earlier with the multi-format team championship. So a second time host of an event here. Um, it's a really unique event. Uh, last year we find, we had someone break through that was not Country Club of Virginia or Mount Vernon. This is not to say we're rooting against those two. But at the same time, it was kind of neat to see yes. somebody else put a team together and, and challenge those two. Yeah, so that one, uh, probably the biggest women's event we do, 144 players, 24 teams are represented. Um, being right in Richmond, again, I think we'll get a great turnout for it. Dominion Club is a great site for that event. Again, it's a great match play site for the women. I think they'll really enjoy that course, and we'll have some good competition on it. But, yeah, we, we like to see new teams uh, come up through there. We like to see those teams in the championship flight um, and have and have new new teams win. So that was kind of cool last year to have Bidoui come out on top. Also a public course, which is kind of an interesting yes. uh, uh, wrinkle for, for that championship. So, um, you know, one thing that, that we are trying new this year that, that was kind of a brainchild of, of yours was the VSGA Ladies Play Day schedule. Can you just take us a little bit through the through that and what that sure. entails? So the Ladies Play Days, yeah, are new for this year. Um, kind of an offspring of our one-day event program where it's a single-day event for ladies. Um, we have different formats that kind of, again, individual, four-ball, and two-person scramble, so kind of promoting those teams, so come with a friend, meet new people sort of thing. Uh, simple gross and net prizes each day, and we'll, we're trying to do a lunch social, again, something social at the end to, again, kind of help people meet new people if they want to, kind of celebrate with those who uh, they just played with, and, and yeah, I think they'll be they'll be great. Um, so yeah, that schedule is out there now. We have a couple coming up here, um, Dominion Valley on April 18th, Stonehenge in Richmond on May 9th. But uh, yeah, that schedule can all be found on VSGA.org. Nice plug right there. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> well, before we let you go, we're, we're asking everybody about the Masters because it's Masters week. And uh, who do you, obviously Tigers in the, in the mix this year. Give me somebody other than Tiger that you really like that you're watching. Yeah, so I think I've been trying to think about who I think will come out on top. I think if I had to pick two, Scotty Scheffler's had a really great season so far. He's one that I think is a lot of on a lot of people's radars, but also Cameron Smith, who again also has been having a really good season winning the players. So I think both of them I, I would be excited to see in contention and, and up at the leaderboard at the end of Sunday. Scotty Scheffler would also be kind of my choice, and especially you know, the Tiger thing may actually help him more than anybody else because he's fly somehow flying under the radar as right. the, the world number one and right. maybe the pressure's off of him because every camera's going to be on Tiger so I'm curious to see how, how he how he performs there it's going to be fun to watch yeah I'm excited to, the, to watch this weekend for sure awesome well thanks a lot for your time Amanda we'll look forward to seeing you out at events this year thanks Chris appreciate it all right, we're here with Kent Hollobar, friend of the po program here who's been on us uh, several times here Kent is their manager of championships and junior golf welcome thank you for having me again yeah well we you know we like to have you talk come on to talk about the kids it's all about the kids here and yeah. uh, and and i know that you're you're uh, definitely dedicated to the to the cause here with that so 
Um, we want to talk about the junior championships. We've already had one uh, knocked out with Trey Marion and Xander Goboy uh, going back to back at the at the uh, junior four ball, which is which was unprecedented. Honestly, it, it's never happened before. Uh, yeah, it was awesome. Country Color Petersburg got to thank them for you know hosting the amateur last year and then jumping into the junior four ball. That championship's become huge and. It, even bigger with the exemption that it has with the men's four ball. And so, yeah, the, the squad of Marion and Go Boy came from, what, like five strokes back in windy conditions and got it done. It was impressive. And that, that one's kind of cool because it can be a co-ed team. We've had a yeah. few of those out there, um, which we, 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 we've actually had a co-ed team win that before a we couple have. years ago. Yeah, it's awesome that they can really team up with whoever they want. It's competitive yardage and – like you said, if it's a girl and a boy team that win, they still get that exemption. Yeah, and I thought Amber Makowitz held her own when she oh, played yeah. at Poplar Grove in, Definitely. The, in the four-ball championship, yeah, so was that cool. was neat to see. Um, you know, the next one on the schedule is the 31st VSJ Junior Match Play Championship at Willow Oaks Country Club in Richmond, which is a fantastic venue for that event. Really looking forward to seeing the match play there. Um, you know, you, you've got some thoughts on on uh, how juniors should approach that event with it being a, a yeah. four-day event with two cuts and, you know, take us through that a little bit. Yeah, I think from the – comparing it to other championships that we have, especially the junior stroke play, it could be a, a shorter yardage. It's a thought process, right, with match play. You may not always be hitting drivers. So an introductory championship, a goal-setting championship for that 13- or 14-year-old that is really just jumping into this, they're guaranteed one round of stroke play – on June 21st, we'll have hopefully 120 players, and it's really like, hey, can I make this cut? You know, can I shoot a low enough score to get into 60 in ties to make round two? And then from there, it's it's the same concept. You know, can I continue to do that and make match play? And then you know, the whole mindset changes once you get to match play. So I, I think it's it's good to go out there and challenge themselves with with that type of championship. And we've had some. I and mean, once you get to match play, you've got really talented players yeah. there. You look at last year. David Stanford beating Colin Campbell, both of them played college golf this year. Michael Brennan's won that in the past. Um, you know, we've, Adam Ball's won it, Mark Lawrence Jr. Just but you know what? You can also just play well, uh, you know, for two days. And we have some quote-unquote like unknown names that have really gone on into match play and, you know, maybe turned some heads of some college coaches because of that. Yeah, it's huge, especially when you get to that, that final stage. You'll have college coaches coming around and watching, and it's a good chance to put your game on display for yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, before we hit to the, the, the other major boys' championship, the junior girls' championship this year, uh, July 20th through 21st at uh, Williamsburg National Golf Club at the Jamestown Course. Um, it's the 53rd edition of the event. Uh, There's some changes this year, right, with that one? Yeah, we're excited about going to Williamsburg National. They've done a lot uh, with our junior golf circuit, single-day events, championships, and, and then high school golf. So, yeah, the, the main change that we're looking forward to this year is the addition of an intermediate division. We want to challenge the girls that are ready to compete at a high level and play in college, so we're going to – you know, lengthen that yardage, 58, 6,000 yards, something like that. And then with the intermediate division, keep it around 53 to 5,500 yards so that they can still compete and be around the more competitive girls. But yeah, the addition of an, another division will be huge. Should help with participation numbers, you would yeah, think, I at think that so point. Too. So. Um, and now the Junior Stroke Play Championship um, is July 25th through 27th up at Riverbend Club, hosted the amateur Several years ago, we'll host yeah. the amateur down the road. I mean, it's a fantastic golf course, fantastic facility. Um, how cool is that for, for, for the juniors to get a chance to play that venue? I think it's awesome because 
I love that place. It is a challenge. It is fair, though. Um, and I think for those that live in Northern Virginia, there's tons of players that don't even know that it exists. So a chance to showcase the junior stroke play there will be huge. And you've talked about there, there are a lot of different avenues to get to that championship. And yeah, take, take us through. There, there's a, a lot of process. A lot of people are exempt already for, for their right. performances last year yeah. that, that are coming back. But there are definitely ways for, for kids to get into this. Yeah, you know, we have an exemption document that was emailed out. It's also on the website uh, on event portals as well. So, yeah, I'll go through several different ways. And of course, as you can imagine, being a past champion of the stroke play is going to get you in as long as you're eligible. Same thing with junior match play and the junior golf circuit championship. You mentioned on previous year's exemption. So, you know, top 10 players in ties from last year's junior stroke play, the 15 and under winner last year, which is an awesome one. Um, what gets to be a little under the radar is if you make the quarterfinals of the junior match play, you're getting an exemption to the junior stroke play. Uh, if you qualify for the amateur or the open, we say that's a huge star next to your name, you're getting in the junior stroke play too. If you've ever qualified for the US junior and you're still eligible to play, you're getting in. Um, oh, then we have the, the one that I think is one of the, the big ones. It, it ties right into the junior uh, golf circuit. So if you are going to work the junior golf circuit player rankings points and you can be in the top 10 by July 1st, you're going to get an exemption. I think it's awesome. Um, I think it's another way to work the exemption process. And then finally, we offer 36 whole events within the junior golf circuit. And so the boys winner is going to get an exemption there. And that's and that's smart. You, you're proving yourself over over oh, two yeah. days of competition yeah. um, against your peers, and and this is a three day championship. So, the the fun thing apart about this one is the guy that's leading it on day one may, might necessarily uh, make it all the way to the end. We had a great finish last year with uh, David Stanford making birdie on the final hole after Preston Burton almost chased him down. Yeah, um, that that was really fun at Roanoke uh, Country Club and. Got, got to see a rare display of emotion from Mr. Stanford in that one. <laughs> big, huge fist pump. And I mean, that's the beauty of the three-day championship, right? Let's compete hard for two days. Let's make the cut to 45 and ties. And then let's see who just comes out of the woodwork. And, you know, the cream really does rise to the top. And Preston, you know, he's been playing well. And just he had it. And, it, you know, David being David just, you know, inched him out. But it always has some great competition. It's always exciting. So we're definitely looking forward to River Bend. Yeah, D deep, deep. Uh, pool of uh, good good talent here in the junior golf in Virginia um, a couple other things we want to talk about the junior golf circuit championship um, this is this has kind of grown in stature a little yeah. bit too with the with the year long I know it's a wraparound schedule kind of like the yeah. way the PGA Tour does it so points were starting to be earned last August they're carrying mm -hmm. over um, what, what kind of growth have you seen in that championship and again we're back at Williamsburg National it's been a pretty big supporter of it yeah I think that uh, like you said the wraparound schedule is huge keep people engaged in the fall and then we come back and we start earning points again really trying to get that limited field so allow players to sign up and continue to work the circuit as I say to get these points and we hope to have the top uh, 30 ranked boys and the top 15 ranked girls to make this seem like an invitational and so another uh, interesting wrinkle with that too is that the boys champions going to earn a spot onto the mid-atlantic junior invitational team so that's huge miller carr got that last year and he definitely was able to you know add something to that invitational team and you talked about those two invitational teams obviously the middle atlantic and then the the virginia's carolinas that yeah. seems to be a 
a pretty big goal for the boys throughout the year to try to try to make one of those two all-star rosters. Right. I mean, all-star, yeah, great word for it because it is the best of the best theoretically that have been there. And if you look at the track record of the players, not only from the Virginia's team, but the Carolinas, you've got some PGA Tour caliber players that have come out of there. So we would love to see juniors play in our championships, um, both on the boys and girls side, because these are how the captains are going to go about picking the teams. We want to see VSGA performance, and then what you do on a national level as well. Yeah, I always go back to the uh, U.S. Amateur semifinal, I think, what was it, 2017? Yeah. Mark Lawrence is playing Doc Redman. Doc's on the PGA Tour now. Mark is is finding his way yeah. as a professional, and those two were both playing in the Virginia's Carolinas junior matches in oh, 2013. So it's like, yeah, come out and watch. There's, there's, It's in North Carolina this year, so if you're yeah. down there, watch it. But um, certainly when it's back at Boonesboro in 2023, um, it, it's it's really fun to watch and see some really good young talent. It's exciting, and the players that get picked for the team take a lot of pride in wearing those shirts and the hats and carrying that bag, so it's awesome to follow. Yeah. Well, that's a pretty good uh, rundown of the junior uh, schedule for this year, but I see you're wearing your uh, purple Masters uh, polo today. Man, I was uh, I was fortunate enough to go in 2016 when my brother Philip uh, won the lottery and then got invited back with some friends in 17. So for those that have been, they know exactly what I'm talking about. You know, it's it's cool to get the gear and, and to wear it during this week. So it's going to be exciting to watch. I've heard that the uh, peach ice cream sandwiches are out this year because of supply chain issues, which is really unfortunate. That's a bummer. Yeah. I guess you have to double up on pimento cheese and egg salad. <laughs> That's right. And, and, the, and the very reasonably priced beers, apparently. It's, uh, <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. If you're going to have your uh, your beers, be sure to save those cups. That's right. Um, what are your thoughts going into to, to this weekend? I mean, obviously, Tiger's the big story at this point, but who are some of the other people you're keeping an eye on? I know you're you're running some pools and doing, doing yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, you know, that. I'm in a, a, fool, a few uh, cool pools, and they may or may not put in a couple of bucks down on FanDuel, but uh, <laughs> Victor Hovland, um, I guess you can't shy away from Scotty, the way he's playing. Um, but under the radar, guys, man, Russell Henley maybe? Isn't he, I think he's up there with uh, strokes gained. Um I don't know, man. It's it, Tiger, though. It's going to yeah. be fun to watch. I've heard some Russell Henley chatter. Yeah. For sure. Like, he's just a guy that, that sort of plays well. He played well, he was way up there in the U.S. Open last year, right? Yeah. Before, before Rom took over. But, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm curious to see what happens if Tiger – obviously, we'll see how, how his leg holds up. Because as you've walked that course. It's uh, – it's hillier than people think. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's yeah. not an easy walk. And uh, you know, even though it might start out soft, they're gonna suck the water right out of it. So uh, right. I'm sure that Tiger will have no problem hitting shots. It'll just be the walk. Yeah, that's it. That's exactly it. So it's gonna be neat to watch this weekend, and uh, it's gonna be neat to to see you out at events this year at the Junior Championships. And yeah, you know, one thing I just want to throw in there with some of these championships is that they do have uh, a relationship with Junior Golf Scoreboard and AJGA. So be sure to click on the event names on our uh, registration sites and, and learn more about that. So there's definitely a lot to play for. Awesome. Well, thanks a lot for your time, Kent. And yeah, thanks we'll for having me. Talk to you soon. Cool. Thanks again to all of the hardworking members of the tournament department for joining us today, and thank you all for listening. If you're looking to compete in a championship, a qualifier, a VSGA one-day event, or a VSGA junior golf circuit event, be sure to visit vsga.org and look for the 2022 event registration button on the homepage. If you haven't already done so, you'll be prompted to create a profile on Golf Genius. Those who have already registered can jump right back into event sign-up. That's it for today. Enjoy the Masters, and until next time, so long. <laughs>